0: Inside Hollywood this week, we're looking at the career of a director who in more than two decades has only made four films. I'm joined now by pop culture broadcaster and journalist Jen Gannon. Jen, good morning. Good morning. Who are we talking about?
1: We are talking about Jonathan Glazer. And I think people might you know, be more aware of him at the moment because his film, The Zone of Interest, which is in cinemas now, is nominated for five Academy Awards. So he is around and about. And people may be asking... Who is he? Where did he come from? Because as you said, he has a very slim back catalogue of films with just four made in the past 22 years. It's
0: not that he hasn't been working. Because uh, (laughs) knowing I was going to be talking to you, uh, I was pointed in the direction of some of his pop videos Mm. and some of his advertising yes. which is sensational.
1: It is and I think you know he had his route into film like so many others before came from advertising and music videos and if you remember there was this very spectacular black and white Guinness ad back in the late 90s I think it was 1999 where these horses the, the white, white horses, horses emerging from the waves like the cream at the head of the Guinness and that he was responsible for that and that kind of showcases the style and approach that he has within his work it was really surreal but so mm. effective and so memorable Th- there's
0: another the Guinness ad which I looked at last night which uh, is about uh, waiting
1: mm.
0: waiting for the pint to settle yes and uh, there's a, an, an old boy who was an Olympic swimmer in his youth and he's still swimming and there's a question he has to s- swim out to a life buoy, and will he make it back before the pint is settled?
1: And it, it's genius. I, genius. I mean, they wanted that, you know, the, the time you have to wait for perfection. And I think he really captured that with that ad. And then, you know, he still kind of dips in and out of advertising. And I think he's made stuff for Apple, like, recently enough. And I think with the way that the film industry go is going, you know, with funding, it's hardly like you can blame him for still keeping that going. But also, I think a lot of people would know him from his music video work and... This was back when MTV was the king. It was everything. I mean, I used to record my favourite videos of MTV to watch them back. And I think we've lost a really singular art form with the lack of music videos these days, because I think what they do is with someone like Jonathan Glazer at the helm of certain music videos, they can slip in these kind of messages that are a bit subversive and you're getting it soundtracked by your favourite pop song. So when he came along in the late you know, 90s, early 2000s, there was other video filmmakers like Chris Cunningham, who made videos for Aphex Twin, which were very challenging, and the French director Michel Gondry. And they created these Really memorable videos, um, and it was like this new renaissance, but it was also like the last Mm. gasp of music videos. And I think the most uh,
0: because there's a a piece I saw with him, he was talking about the Jumerique video, which is uh, an incredible piece of work. But the original budget for what he wanted to do, uh, when he had it costed a quarter of a million uh, to to do this, and (laughs) the company said, No way, there isn't a quarter, so he had to be ingenious. He was, and
1: I think when people remember that video um, for Virtual and Sandy and it was inspired by the name of the Jamiroquai album Travelling Without Moving so JK the lead singer he's posing for the camera he's standing still or he looks like he's sliding around dancing as the walls close in on this room and the fu- furniture's moving in all these odd and directions And people are saying that's
0: video trickery Exactly
1: Not in that day no. it was not Humble very humble uh, you know like machinations to this there was no computer trickery used he said and they put the whole set on wheels and attached the camera to one wall and the Furniture had little wheels on it. So you had these guys moving the set around on these casters and outside of the frame. So the floor never actually moved. So it looks like a magician's trick. And it's still, you know, awe inspiring to look at even mm. to this day, I think.
0: Um, I was greatly entertained by uh, some of the other stuff I watched last night. The Stella Artois mm. ads, there's one featuring. A series of clerics called the Around.
1: and I think that is used as an industry kind of standard. It's black and white, advertising, and yes. the clerics
0: are all in black with their soutans and with their little um, the, the hats that uh, canons used to wear, clerical mm. canons used to wear, and they're all in black, and it's against a snowy background on a lake, where and the clerics in the background, you know, slipping and sliding across the ice. It's it's sensational.
1: It is, and, and it shows a story. the work though that you can put into when you're trying to do something in a very limited amount of time. And I think it also shows the range that he has and the influences that he's trying to sneak in to these couple of seconds to get you a resting imagery that you will remember. And I think that's what's so important about his advertising work in that way that it was yeah. so fresh. It felt very new to uh, anybody like yeah. watching it.
0: There's another stellar one uh, featured on. Dev- it's called. Dev- Devil's mm. Island, and it's it's just genius storytelling. Yes, and, I and very witty
1: it is. And he he used um, the French actor uh, Denis Levant. He really enjoyed his face. I think his face facial features, and he ended mm. up using him for a very controversial music video he did for the duo Uncle Rabbit in Your Headlights, where he gets repeatedly run over in a in a tunnel and gets back up again and gets hit by cars again. And I think that was him trying to, you know, make his stand about what his themes are in his films. It's about bearing Mm. witness but carrying on in this very tough modern world. And I think that's carried through to his films. I often
0: wonder about when he proposes these uh, madcap ideas for Sony Bravia TV, you Mm. know, a new frontier in colour representation. And he got this block of flats that was about to be demolished in Glasgow and it exploded with paint colours. It was... I mean, fantastic. And he
1: loves that urban setting as well. I think those were the the Red Road, uh, very famous. They're almost like their Ballymun. Um, and to use them and to have that urban setting and, and to put it into something so colourful is is truly gorgeous.
0: Now, uh, his movie making career then, what was the first of these four he has achieved in (laughs) 23 years? What was the first
1: one? It all began in the year 2000 with Sexy Beast and on the surface you could see Sexy Beast as an addition to at the time there was this new Brit kind of geezer gangster genre which was headed up by Guy Ritchie who made his name with these very slick fast paced London centric ultra violent crime capers that were a homage to kind of the Italian job or Get Carter and that kind of nicely dovetailed Kind of the Britpop era and Cool Britannia. But like Glazer took that, those kind of, you know, cheeky, choppy almost gangsters and put a whole new twist on it. Uh, There's a lot going on underneath the surface in Sexy Beast that was very different to what Guy Ritchie was doing. It's a really Mm. contained tinderbox of a film that's kind of, it dispenses with it, like, it's not overly plotted and it boils everything down to the necessary elements, like you would do with advertising, I think, as well.
0: Now, the the, the plot, uh, and I haven't seen the movie and I'm going to have to track it down and see it in its entirety. I've only seen a few clips. Ray Winston is a retired uh, gangster, basically. Yes. Where is he?
1: He's a soft-hearted and very sentimental gangster called Gal Dove. He's retired from the life of crime. He's living his dream in the Costa del Sol with his wife, the love of his life, Dee, and his friend from his old, you know, the old days, H, he's there. They're living the quiet life. But it's all interrupted by this extremely psychotic character, Don, played by Ben Kingsley, who is truly iconic in this role and he arrives on Gal's doorstep one day to convince him to do one last job and that's it. That's the simple setup, And um, but through that Glazer just explores these visual flourishes that he's really known for now and there's a scene where the criminal gang they're drilling a hole underwater into a bathhouse and does that need to happen? No. Does it look cool? <laughs> yes. It's so memorable.
0: Oh, let's hear a little bit of the exchange between Ben Kingsley the psychotic arrival on his doorstep and Ray Winston. It's a bit sudden, isn't it? Sudden? No, it's very far from sudden. Teddy's been working on this for five months. Dan, almost that. I've been in on it for two. It's not sudden. Preparation, preparation, preparation. As far as the actual job's concerned, it's a piece of Cheers, monkey could do it. That's what I thought of you! Cheers, Don. You're at the Grosvenor. Your name's Roundtree. Like Smarties, like Shaft. If they give you a pull, just over here, see some friends, social visit, family, that sort of thing. somebody will call you, pick you up. Probably Mike. What's that supposed to mean? What? That stupid nodding you're doing. Is this a off girl? No, of course not. Are you saying no? No. Is that what you're saying? Not exactly. What are you saying? I'm just saying thanks and all that. Thanks for thinking of me.
1: But I'm just going to have to turn this opportunity
0: down. No, you're just going to have to turn this opportunity, yes...
1: I'm not exactly match fit. seem
0: all right to me. No, not really, don't. You look fine. I'm not. Do I'm, the job. What? Do the job. No, don't. Yes. No. yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. I can't. You can. I can't. Back. Don't do this. Do what? Look. What am I doing? This. This? This what? That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
1: And you can hear that kind of rat a dialogue back and forth and... Ben Kingsley, it was so against type for him. And he was nominated for an, a slew of awards for this because people saw him in such a different light. And I think that's what engaged people with Johnson Glazer to work with him afterwards. It, you know, piqued the interest of a lot of actors because he could see that he's trying to push them into a different realm and that's how he continued his career with something like Birth in 2004 with Nicole Kidman. Um, She was kind of looking around for very audacious new works after divorcing from Tom Cruise and wanting to you know, set out her stall as an actress in her own right and she agreed to sign on to this what ended up being an extremely controversial film where she plays a young grieving wife who's Enthralls this young boy who convinces her that he's the reincarnation of her dead husband. Um,
0: obviously he's a very inventive filmmaker now with the Oscar nominations mm. do you think we're going to see more than uh, two films per decade I from don't, him?
1: No because he's very inspired by Kubrick in a way and you can see those kind of the look the very cold clinical look of his films and he takes a lot of time the man is meticulous it took 10 years for the zone of interest to get onto our screens. so I mean I'm hoping with Oscar's success maybe mm. I, I'm really glad that he's nominated for all these Oscars the messages I'm don't hold your breath don't hold your <laughs> breath, but we'll get something genius in the end of it. I know we will.
0: Pop culture broadcaster and journalist Jan Gannon. Jen, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am. On Newstalk.